episode number 215 with Jason Froelich. Welcome to the Heads Up Poker Podcast. This is Steve Barton, and thank you for tuning in. This week, I'm with returning guest, Jason Froelich. Uh, he was on uh, episode 195, so exactly 20 episodes ago. And since then, um, we were out there for the uh, tag team event, which lasted almost a day. <laughs> and, uh, that was about it. But Jason, how you been? Thanks for coming back on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me again, Steve. I, I really enjoyed being on the show uh, last time in episode 195. And I got to say, I really love that opening song to your podcast. It's really catchy. It is, isn't it? It's, uh, we could thank uh, Mike's sister for that. Uh, she uh, used to be in a band and was kind enough to let us uh, let us play it. And I, I, the, my favorite part is like that. I got x-ray specs for eyes. It's kind of like if you were at the poker table, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just like really... <laughs> really comical lyrics but I, I like them a lot yeah 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 so you um you split your time between being a uh, fish salesman and uh poker right about half and half are you still at that same ratio or yeah i'm still doing that um i'm actually working on getting my own seafood company off the ground i'm shooting for january there really uh yeah so i've been i've been selling seafood for about 20 years since i was 12 years old yeah and I'm 32 now, and it's just time to branch out on my own and work for myself. Um, okay. Yeah, I think that I've had enough time and experience to learn the ropes of the industry, and I've kind of built up a really nice clientele over the last 20 years uh, that would willingly follow me to a new seafood business. Good. Um, and it's, you know, I, I really enjoy my job. The employer treats me really well, but uh, it's time to just do it on my own. Oh me um do it on my own and you know provide for my family a little bit better than than i can at, at the current job okay you think you think you'll be able to make more on your own yeah i do um the business that the the business plan that i have is very simple and it's basically doing the same thing that i do now going to farmers markets and uh and selling the product but rather than uh buying it from my company who buys it from fishermen, I'll just be buying directly from fishermen, lowering the cost of my product. Yeah. And uh, it's, yeah, it's really a simple business plan. I just, I cut the fish, I wrap it, I package it, price tag it, and uh, go, to, go out to farmer's markets and peddle it. And then you sell it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the cool thing about the, the seafood industry is it's, seafood is sort of a luxury item, but it's also a necessity because it's food. And the minute that people stop eating food, there's going to be riots in the street, basically. So You will always get a job. Yeah, always got a job. I'm, I'm not really worried about the the industry or being able to sell the product, the fish really sells itself as long as it's good quality. Yeah. Um, the thing that I'm most concerned about is leaving a job that, that I've worked at for 20 years and have had really great stability with. That's really the, the major opportunity cost is, is leaving a stable job for something that may or may not work, though I'm fairly certain it will work. Right on. Good. Good for you, man. Right on. I think Mikey would be throwing uh, 
words of caution in here, but I'm like, F it, go for it. Yeah, no, <laughs> he, I've spoken with him about it before, and he's definitely cautious. Uh, but it's it's good to have somebody ground you and, and bring you back to earth when you have, you know, high expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I actually, of, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say hints of pessimism sprinkled in there that I guess at times can be sobering. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually told him if he ever, you know, was looking for a little bit of side money, he could help me sell and help me set up the business. So something that you might be interested in, Mike, if you're listening. <laughs> right, on, right on. Yeah, Mike, you couldn't be here this week. He had a uh, family uh, family thing out on the East Coast. He had to fly out real quick for that. And then uh, we were going to record last week, but then I got mandated at work and then uh, been in Guatemala for a week. So first world problems. It, uh, <laughs> Fun. Yeah, I noticed uh, you posted some really cool photos on Twitter. Do um, you want to tell your listeners about the Guatemala trip? That looked really fun. It was it was cool. It uh, we went. Um, uh, I went with my buddy Joe, who's looking at uh, getting some property down there for a retirement place, and uh, so it was kind of a recon trip for that. Um, once we got down there, and we talked to some friends of ours that we who we went with that. Um, uh, actually already have done this and own property there and making sure that Americans can buy and, and hold the land and you can, you know, some, some places you can only buy, if you buy the property, you only get 49% control of it and you have to buy it with a local or marry a local. And, um, it, it just kind of turns into a nightmare or you can just, you can lease the thing for 30 years, but then you basically got to calculate, well, how long do I think I'm going to live? <laughs> you know, it's uh, just kind of, so you can uh, never own the property outright 100%? Uh, not in some countries, but in this one you can. Um, and what he was looking at is on a lake. So it was a lot of fun for, you know, basically a week. We just hung out on a, on a couple different lakes. And, um, um, yeah, it was fun. Went swimming, did a bunch of rope swings, you know, like where you rope swing uh, off into the lake and like cliff jump and stuff. It was, uh, <laughs> it was cool. It was cool. It was a lot of fun. So my first question is how far from the ocean is it? Where we were, uh, it was uh, probably, shit, maybe four hours by bus. So for oh, so me... You're really landlocked there in Guatemala. It, you are. It's a huge lake. Uh, I'm trying to put into perspective how big it is. And uh, looking on a map. I mean, it's smaller than Rhode Island, but it's, it's really big. Um, okay. And um, it... Um, uh, yeah, we're, when we go back, I think what we'll do for our annual trip is we'll probably spend a few weeks in that lake again because he kind of knows the area that he wants. And it's not like here in America where they just have a bunch of real estate agents and flyers and stuff. It's not really like that. It's pretty remote and you kind of have to know the owner and then go talk to him, find out he's selling his place and, and like that. Um, so I think it's going to take a lot more recon than what we anticipated. And then after that, I'd like to go out and see the, um, um, the Caribbean. And because I, I think he's more of a lake guy. I'm more of an ocean guy. I'd rather be by the ocean, you know. I was gonna say, weren't you just in uh, Brazil? And it, it seems like you go to a lot of a lot of coastal areas when you travel. Yeah, yeah. I I like the beach. I like swimming with the dolphins and stuff. It's fun. Um, but the the lake's pretty good too. But I think the ocean's better for me. Yeah, um, same here. I it's interesting you mentioned that. I'm actually from. I was born in Lake Tahoe. Oh, okay. Uh, actually, a town just north of Tahoe, it's called Truckee. It's like a little kind of yep. western town. Yep. Um, I drive yeah. through there when I go to my folks' house if I drive, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, it's it's nice up there, but I'm the same way. I got to be by the ocean. But I am heading up to Lake Tahoe at the end of this month 
and I'm going to stay at Harvey's for the first time and uh, hopefully play some cash games while I'm up there. Nice. Right on. Well done. <laughs> you and Mike went up there for a circuit event a couple of years ago that he got a ring in. Uh, can you tell me anything about the cash games up there? Uh, you know, I played about uh, 45 minutes of cash when I busted out of one tournament and was waiting for the next one to start. And I, I don't remember a thing about it. I really don't. Um, I do remember other players saying that the cash games were really good. And the um, room itself, like, uh, it, did it seem you know, action packed or maybe it was because the circuit was going on. I'm wondering, I, I've looked at the Bravo poker app and it's mm -hmm. like, there's only one or two tables running sometimes. Once you get the circuit up there, there's going to be, uh, I'm trying to remember, I think most of these events had, you know, they start out with like a hundred, 150 people, but they allow a bunch of, uh, rebuys. Right. So you end up ending it, you know, with like three, 400 entries. Um, but the games were super soft. I mean, like, I, I, I think I talked about it on the show with uh, Carlos. He, um, one of the guys ended up, uh, um, he raised, I looked down at Jack's, uh, I three bet. And then he called and I realized when he, when he got his cards, he never looked at his hand. So he, he, he raised blind. I three bet with Jax. Jax <laughs> went around to him and he called and I'm like, well, he's going to look for sure now that, uh, you know, I three bet him and he didn't look and he made a, a point to everyone at the table to know he wasn't looking and he called, which was, I think like 25% of his stack or something. I got a favorable, uh, he checked, uh, I got a favorable flop. So I bet. And, uh, and then he finally looked at his cards and then folded. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, probably a good decision to look at your cards. <laughs> yeah, this is like a $400 tournament. Well, he ended up taking, I think, second or something. You know what I mean? So oh. there, there are some serious soft spots in, uh, <laughs> in these events. That's good to know. Yeah, uh, I would have I liked to have gone up there for the circuit event this year, but I'm um, going with family. And the, the circuit's at the end of October, and that's when Lake Tahoe starts becoming not so beautiful. It gets rainy and, like, sometimes – snow and cold yeah it gets down you know to the 30s at night in late october yeah 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 right on cool but yeah we're gonna do some water skiing and some hiking and uh rafting down the Truckee river and of course i'll do some fishing for rainbow trout up there oh nice yes i love that what uh is it Truckee river there's a, there's a river that runs through there right or a creek yeah Truckee river yeah okay um, Truckee river is the river that runs from lake tahoe all the way to like pyramid lake i think okay uh, so it's a it's a really long river but you know we just do the stretch right next to lake tahoe and that's where you can find some really big trout and there's some very very small low level rapids that you can raft down which is fun and you can bring a couple of beers or drinks with you and you know it's a good time nice nice right on right on cool well how um um how much uh um we talked earlier about uh, fantasy football. How much uh, are you in a couple of leagues or one league or what the. Yeah. Um, I, I do a fantasy football league with my father. We just do one league and we kind of got interested in fantasy football when the chargers left San Diego, we were diehard <laughs> charger fans and uh, they broke our hearts, man. They left <laughs> and we're not rooting for them up in Los Angeles because we're San Diego guys. I know you're from LA, so. Yeah. I'm not going to bash LA too much on the podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but now that we don't really have a home team to root for, we've kind of turned to fantasy football, and it's something that my dad and I can do together, and we enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you, it's been a crazy day today. 
because we drafted Antonio Brown, the wide receiver who was cut from the or traded from the Steelers to the Raiders. Yeah. And in a matter of two or three days, he went from being suspended on the Raiders for being a head case mm-hmm. to being allowed to play game one to being cut by the Raiders to being signed by the New England Patriots. Interesting. Yeah. So after this whirlwind of moves, you know, my dad and I came out on top in fantasy because now we've got Tom Brady throwing to him instead of Derek Carr, the Raiders quarterback. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so, so we're pretty happy about that. And uh, I'm just excited that NFL is back because the Padres are terrible again, as they are pretty much every year. Yeah. yeah. You know the Padres motto, right? No, what's that? We'll get them next year. <laughs> <laughs> it's always next year. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, oh, it looks, looks like you've got a good baseball team this year, though. I, I think you're a Dodgers fan, right? Yeah, I like the Angels better. I will watch the Dodgers. They're a little bit more fun to uh, to bet on because it's it's a lot more fun to root for a guy to get uh, over two hits, runs, or RBIs than it is to bet the under, which is what I have to do almost every time with the Angels. So, it's, <laughs> so just from a, a fun uh, perspective of betting, then uh, I do like watching the Dodgers. But they're killing it. The Angels are terrible. Um, yes. I don't. I, I thought they'd do better after getting rid of Mike Sosha, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's not like they don't have talent. They got Trout. Who yeah, else? they've got who's their coach? Osmus. Yeah. Yeah, he's he used to be a Padre. So there you go. They're gonna lose. Oh, all right. Well, I guess that was <laughs> that was their fate before they even started. <laughs> uh, how about you? Are you doing uh, fantasy football this year? I am. I'm doing one league. It's a two hundred dollar buy in, but unfortunately, we went from twenty four players to. 14 so uh teams you mean 14 teams yeah uh so the the prize pool isn't as big you know before when we had 24 players six of them had no chance uh you know they just had no idea what they were doing and it was basically dead money now i think we have two guys that are dead money uh one guy wasn't even there for the draft i don't know that it's recoverable uh he drafted uh, like four tight ends or something ridiculous and one quarterback in a two quarterback league. I mean, like <laughs> I was showing my brother his thing and he's like, yeah, I don't know that he could recover from that. <laughs> wow. I would think yep. you were putting $200 into a league that you would be there to, to draft your team. I would think so too. Maybe he was at work and they kept running a bunch of calls or something, but for whatever reason, he auto draft the entire time. And uh, yeah, I think it'll cost him. Oh, uh, who knows? Maybe I'll get lucky. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Are you still doing the uh, DFS? Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm not doing Daily Fantasy, uh, but I am doing this other league that my brother got me into. I, I was on the phone with him for about an hour and a half last night trying to get down like the math of this. But basically, I'll, I'll see if I can um, articulate it over the show. Basically, what it is is you're betting every single um, game for the week. So we'll say there's 16 games, um, and you're betting um, the spread. So it's not who's going to win outright, or that would be pretty easy. You just take all the favorites and do that every time. Yeah, betting yeah. with the points. Yeah, yeah, you're betting with the spread. So this the site that it's run off of is Office Football Pool. And basically, the way my brother describes it, the way they get their numbers is Tuesday morning, You've got 
seven to 12 guys in Vegas that are setting these lines. They're deciding that Chicago is a favorite by minus three points. And they're deciding that Minnesota is a favorite by minus three and a half. And they just run down the line and they say, okay, these are the, these are the numbers that millions of people are going to bet on right now. So that comes out Tuesday morning. So that number is not very accurate because it's set by, you know, seven to 12 people, right? Now they're professionals and they're very good, but shit happens during the week. Yeah, you know what I mean? A quarterback gets injured. Uh, a running back gets injured. Uh, it's questionable whether, uh, you know, Tom Brady's going to play or not, you know, which will drastically swing the line one way or the other. So he's basically come up with a formula that, okay, you get these numbers that are set for the entire week on this site, which is what you're betting on, Office Football Pool. So it's set that Green Bay is, uh, you know, or I'm sorry, Chicago is a favorite by three points. Well, since then, maybe uh, one of their running backs goes down, and now all of a sudden they're not a favorite by three points anymore. It's even money, you know. So it's even money. Pick Green Bay or pick Chicago, whichever one you want. It's it's a coin toss. Right. Well, let's run through the matrix of millions of people betting on this. You know, some of them very wealthy. Uh, you know, putting hundreds of thousands of dollars on each bet, moving the line, and now what you can see is that it went from minus three to zero. So where that comes into, uh, and I didn't know this before talking with him, but I guess what professional bettors do is they have this spreadsheet and you can assign a dollar amount to how much the line moves for each bet. So like so, however many thousands of dollars are exchanged on one side of the ball might adjust the line half a point or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. So, you you know, Chicago was a, uh, a favorite at three points, meaning if you run this game, you know, a bunch of times, these professional bettors think that uh, Chicago should win by an average of three points. Right. Well, now that the running back uh, pulled his hamstring and, and he's not going to play, uh, a whole bunch of people start betting on Green Bay at that point. Right. So the line for Green Bay would be pl plus three. Um, and it basically moves the line until it gets to even zero or maybe even goes the other way. Well, there's a way that you can figure the value of that movement from the line that came out on Tuesday to an hour before game time on Sunday, right? And this spreadsheet yeah. tells you that. So I can look uh, from zero to three is worth 39.4 cents on the dollar. Then there's another way you use that. And then you also calculate in how much the line has moved on the professional better sites, betchris.com. And if it's the, the, most lines all start out at minus 110. So if you lay a dollar and you win the bet, you'll get back nine, uh, 90 cents, right? The house has got to take yeah. their big, they got to take their rake. Well, the line can move from minus 110 to minus 111, minus. 113, minus 115, minus 120, minus 125, whatever they want. And once it gets up around minus 125, then they usually adjust the number and they'll say, okay, it's no longer zero, it's minus half a point. And then it starts back again at minus 110 and like that. So anyways, long story short, he basically showed me a math formula to figure out what the value is on each one of these games where guys have got injured or the line just adjusts for whatever reason. And you can put that into a numerical value that shows you that, wow, this game is worth 16 cents on the dollar. This game is worth 19 cents on the dollar. Uh, this other game is break even. It, it, it uh, opened at minus three and a half, and now after five days of betting, it's still the same number, three and a half. So pick a side. It doesn't matter. You're just flipping a coin at that point. So this kind of gives you an EV of what your bets could, will be. 
Exactly. Yeah. So you figure this out for each team. You know, you can come out with a line on Tuesday when it comes out. And then at uh, eight o'clock in the morning on Sunday, you start putting out what the lines are, you write all the numbers down. And then the important part, the way to win this thing is this is going to go on for 16 weeks and we're going to bet every week on 16 games is the one that you feel the most strongly about. So the one that has the biggest point differential here, uh, the biggest amount of movement, uh, you can assign a five point value to that team. So in other words, if uh, one of these, after running it through the matrix, you got 19 points here, and that's the highest out of all the 16 games, that gets the number five. So if they win that one, if, if what side you bet on wins, then you get five points for that one game. Now you have two other games to assign four points to. So the next two ones that you feel strong, most strongly about because you've run the math and those are the highest numbers, they get a four-point value and a four-point value. And then three games get three points, three points, and three points. Four games get two, 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 and two. And then all the rest get, get one point each. So you're assigning the most points to games that you feel are a shoe-in. Yeah, because the line may have moved several points, but you still get to bet on the line that was on Tuesday. But after finding all this information out and the second string quarterback is coming up to step up to the plate, the line moved quite a bit. So there's a lot of value in that movement. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get to pick the line before they knew that the quarterback (laughs) threw out his shoulder. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That, and yeah. And I think that's where the value comes in on that is you can see sort of where everybody's betting up until the game, but because that line is, for, for your league is stuck on Tuesday's exactly. number, you can really, you know, make an adjustment. Exactly. Yeah. Mine is That's, the same way. I'm, I'm doing a pigskin pick them this year. It's the okay. exact same thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's just, you, oh, yeah. you, you put a point value, you know, one of the games gets five points, two of them get four, three of them get three, four get two, and the rest get one. And he said the yep. strategy as well is on the uh, Thursday game. Always make that a one point value game. Because you have the least information on it. Yeah. Yeah. And you never know because they may be tired from the previous Sunday and they may not be in sync with a, a one week practice schedule and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 But uh, anyways, I'm excited to see how it goes. That, that buy-in was 388 and there's several hundred of us. Uh, first place is like 10 grand. So we'll see at the, the wow. system using this system. He's, been in the money which unfortunately is the top 15 percent i was kind of hoping it would because i looked on the payouts and like you can get in the you can mid cash and it's for actually less than the the buy-in i'm like yeah that's that's kind (laughs) of i feel like that's where poker tournaments are going exactly right i'm like oh dude you ruined it (laughs) what the hell the payout structure is just becoming so flat that you you know, you play for three days and you make $500 on it, on a, you know, you make $1,500 on a $1,300 buy-in or something. Right. So yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I, I felt the same when I saw the payouts, but I'm in now. So we'll, we'll see what, uh, see how it goes. Very cool. Yeah. He's cashed two out of the two years that he's played last year. I think he got, uh, what did he get? Uh, fourth or seventh or something like that. He came up a few grand. So. But, uh, and then the one before that, he had like a, uh, I don't remember, it was like 15th or something for 500 bucks or whatever. I don't remember. But okay. it's like a poker tournament. You want first. Those are pretty good results. And, you know, fourth place on, out of that many people is going to yeah. be. Yeah, two out of two. Two yeah, out of two. So I, I just, I just want to 
just do the exact system that he teaches me and we'll see how, how it goes. Cause there's a lot of these that are ties, you know? So, um, maybe you add, you run it through this, uh, matrix and it spits out, uh, four points and another one's four points. Well, you have a two, you have one, two, or you have one, three point, uh, uh, game left. And then you have a two, you, you just flip a coin and you pick one or the other. But I think he's a little bit more in tune to football than I am. Uh, so he'll basically, um, you know, after listening to 15 hours worth of fo- football podcasts a week, the kid has a, has a uh, opinion on one of those games that I just won't. And, um, you know, so he's going to, on those ties, he's going to pick what he thinks is right. And I'm just going to follow the fucking system and flip a coin each time uh, <laughs> on the ties. And uh, we'll see who, uh, who gets better at the end. <laughs> I think I'll need a little bit more luck than he will. <laughs> well, it, it sounds like you've got an expert in your corner and your brother. So I think so. I think yeah. so. We'll see. I'd like to hook him and Mark Alioto up. I think that uh, Mark might see something in the system that, uh, that, you know, I'm certainly not thinking of, and that maybe my brother hasn't. You know, I think that would be a neat, uh, um, you know, because Mark does it for a living. Yeah, but, that's he does that more than poker now, right? Am I right? He does. Yeah, yeah. He's doing DFS all the time. Yeah. Very cool. He's a a man of many games. Yes, Renaissance, Marky. <laughs> yeah. Right on. So you've been playing. Uh, I, I remember uh, last time you were on, we talked about. Um, at Oceans, they had a um, uh, a rakeback deal. You got to play a hundred hours a month, and then you get a grand in in rakeback. Yeah, uh, well, a hundred hours a month was getting you five hundred dollars in rakeback, which is five bucks an hour, which is nice. Okay, fine. Um, actually, to be truthfully honest, after the World Series of Poker, I took a month hiatus from poker. Uh, I just I needed to clear my head. I had been playing. Five five ten at Oceans uh, previous to the World Series, mm-hmm. and I was just getting my ass handed to me, yeah. um, and I needed to go back to the lab and study some more and figure out what I needed to adjust. Uh, found out I was overplaying my draws way too way too much. Okay. And uh, after after a month's break and and kind of just focusing on other things like my business idea and, and exercise and weight loss, I made it back to oceans and I've been on a heater the last two weeks now. So good for you, man. About that. Uh, the rake back last month was actually really nice. It was $700 for, for a hundred hours. So oh, I think seven Mike bucks took advantage of that. He played 200 hours last month. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. He's a, uh, that guy is a thoroughbred. He's just, he's there all the time. He doesn't get tired of it. I'm, I'm very envious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how, many, how many hours are you playing now? Are you still doing like 25 a week or is, is it tough to hit that 100, 100 hour mark? Uh, no, I'm still hitting the 100 mark. I'm, playing, I'm shooting for 100 this month. My wife is actually driving her sister across the country right now. And so I've had a lot more time to play poker. I usually like to hang out with Emily. Uh, in the evenings but since i've been a bachelor for a week i've been hidden oceans uh in the evening which is always a better game the morning has a lot of omcs oh yes yes old man coffee and it the omc is like even though my my style is kind of bluffy it does not work well against that type of player and it's kind of counterintuitive in my opinion because you would think uh you know stubborn omcs would you know fold fold their hands to bluffs more often you know they're just playing the nuts but 
those guys <laughs> somehow they they seem to know when I'm bluffing more than the night players do. So really, they they just pick you off with middle pair all the time. Is that is yeah, that what not you're fighting? Middle pair, but like I guess top pair, and then you know, then that that plays back into you know overplaying my draws. So I've curtailed that a little bit this month, and uh, and I've seen a substantial difference in my hourly. Also, I am sticking. Uh, I'm taking a different approach to poker. I'm playing two, three and two, five, and I'm just, I'm not going to go into five, five, 10 anymore. It's a little bit over my bankroll and the variance and the swings in that game are a little bit too intense for my liking. Yeah. Um, so I'm practicing a uh, much better table selection and I've been playing, I've been making the majority of my money this month in two, three, and then two, five has been just kind of a, a steady small hourly. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, feel, I feel like those two games are very different. The two, three, because it's a, a $400 buy-in requires you to play more straightforward. You can't really play, you know, nine, seven suited and four five suited and ACE four and ACE five as often profitably because you're only 133 blinds deep. So you don't have as much maneuverability. Yeah. Three game. Focusing yeah. More on like uh, suited Broadway cards and big pairs and stuff like that. Yeah, it's the same way at my card room, except even tighter. It's um, uh, you only get a hundred bigs, so you can only buy in for three. Oh, um, yeah, and um, yeah, you just you just got to play tight, you know. They, uh, um, like you said, playing those nine seven suiteds and four or five suiteds are just not with only a hundred bigs deep, and a lot of the players may only have sixty or seventy bigs. It, it's just I think it's a losing play. You just got to yes. play tight. Definitely a losing play because you don't really hit those hands that often. And when you do, you need to be paid off more than 100 bigs. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's tough to bluff in those games. The players are just – there's so many calling stations, you know. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Cool. The the reason I took a break, I – my summer in Vegas, the World Series, actually went fairly well. I I only played five tournaments. I played a lot of cash at at the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, two five game but the tournaments i played in I, I pretty much broke even between the five tournaments i cashed one i you were there for the bounty tournament that i played in i got three bounties yeah uh, worth 500 each that was kind of fun and then uh the the real issue was i got sucked into the pit in vegas steve into the pit yeah so <laughs> with that, with that. Contact, Blackjack will get you. <laughs> that was costly. Let me tell you. <laughs> Blackjack will get you. <laughs> yeah, that was a, uh, it was a depressing drive home from Vegas, and I think uh, I've sworn it off. I'm not going to play any more blackjack. That's it's just a terrible decision, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. It. Uh, I used to play blackjack quite a bit, but they did away with so many of the rules in the game. Now I, I haven't touched in forever. They they've yeah. got six decks. They don't allow surrender. Um, yeah, I just some of some of the damn tables they don't even pay you um, one and a half when you get a uh, blackjack. I'm like, yeah, most of them pay six to five now. They're, right? they're really raking you over the coals more than they need to because you know blackjack is pretty much rigged in their favor anyway. So I well, it is now. Yeah, it. Um, I I don't see how a professional player could even have an edge in that because counting cards is kind of pointless because they use so many decks. Some of them have auto shufflers, so as soon as the hand goes. It goes into an auto shuffler, which you don't know how many decks are in there. And counting is completely pointless. Um, yeah, I don't know that you could make money at that game. I really don't. 
no, I, I don't think you can. I was, you know, I had had a couple of good cash sessions and I thought, oh, let's just go throw it on a couple of hands of blackjack. Not a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it is fun. Learned my, learned my lesson. That's prob- That's another reason I took some time off. I needed to, you know, get myself back in the right mindset because after that happens, you probably go on tilt a little bit playing poker since it's a slower paced game. Yeah, yeah. And now I have gotten that out of my system, thankfully and hopefully, and then back on the grind and loving it. Right on. Yeah. That, uh, that tag team event was fun. We should play that every year. It, yeah, that uh, was cool. Um, I, I wish we would have gone further in it, but uh, that was fun just having all three of us there. Mike was with us. And, um, you know, it, I thought it was going to be more difficult with, with each of us maybe having a different playing style. and. Uh, and, and having to explain ourselves to each other, but I don't think it was that way. I think we were all pretty confident in, in each other's abilities and, you know, just in the end, it didn't work out. Yeah. It, uh, I'm trying to think you played a little bit. I remember you played one hand, you played ACE King, won the hand, and then like you went up to your room to take a shower or something. I was like, well, that yep. was cool. <laughs> just went from 30 big blinds to like 45. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> that was, uh, that was pretty funny that that was right after I had busted out of the uh, 1500 bounty event, which I basically broke even in with three, three $500 bounties. And, and I thought, well, let me just play one orbit. Uh, so that way we've all played and then I can go up and take a shower. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't play a single hand the entire orbit until my final hand. And I had ACE King. Uh, I think I was on, I was either under the, gun or on the button i can't yeah i think i was under the gun yeah and uh and i raised uh 2.5 x and got two callers yeah and the flop came rag 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 and i i just took a shot at it and they both folded and i was very happy and got up and and handed it over to you i think <laughs> yeah it was either me or mike i can't remember like okay i, I did my part I'm out yeah. <laughs> played one orbit one a hand peace exactly. deuces <laughs> yeah that was a fun tournament it was uh it was interesting there was no breaks uh you just it's 1500 or no it was a thousand dollar buy-in so it was 333 for each of us right and um a shot to win a bracelet and the neat thing about it is like there's other events going on so if you have three or four people you can um uh some guys can play other events you know yeah that's what i thought was really cool about it was uh you know, I think you started us off for the first few hours of that tournament. And that way, Mike and I were able to play the bounty. And then once we were out, we could come in and join you. Or if you wanted to go play cash for a while, you could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a neat tournament. I like it. it uh, uh, I think our bust out hand, Mike was, um, Mike was in late position. Uh, he picked up uh, King Queen suited. He had uh, between like... 17 to 19 big blinds it was less than 20 um he raised it uh i believe he got a call on the button and a call from the big blind flop was king high uh and then the the big blind just bet out for pot like enough to put mike all in um maybe it wasn't pot but he overbet it it was basically a decision mike had to decide you know it's either this hand or not with top pair there what are you gonna do fold uh, so he called, and then the big blind had aces. Um, oh. I think in that hand, I probably would have just shoved the king-queen suited, being in middle to late position, and 17 to 19 bigs just 
I know that's got to show a profit over the long run. So the result would have been the same, but I got to give my credit because he almost folded that King queen uh, when the guy bit out. I think in the long run, that'd probably be a mistake to fold, but right there, he was just like, it just felt like the guy had it. I'm like, I'm, I'm more like, I'm not as great at tournaments as I am at cash games, but I do know that 19 bigs is kind of like a, a weird spot to be in a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, especially with hands like King Queen, but yeah, I would have probably jammed there too, honestly. Yeah, so oh. I think the the result would have been the same no matter what. Yeah, but, yeah, maybe there is something to that. Just raising it up, and then you know, if you get an ace high flop, it's easy to get away from. You know, um, right. But I don't know. Speaking of Mike, did he tell you about our uh, about his body surfing uh, adventure with me? <laughs> Oh, did he just completely eat shit in the sand or what happened? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So Mike and I have been hanging out outside of the card room a little bit, which is uh, kind of cool because I feel like we're becoming actual friends instead of just poker players that know each other. Yeah. Um, I always told myself, like, you know, these guys that I play with at the table and socialize with aren't really my friends unless I'm out, out of the casino doing things with them. Okay. And, uh, and Mike's really the only person that I, you know, do activities with. Um, and we decided to go boogie boarding or body surfing, as I like to call it, down at the beach right down from our apartments. So are you using just your body or are you using like a board? Body boarding, I'm sorry. Body boarding, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah boogie boarding is kind of the, in San Diego, that's like the, the poser term. for. Okay. <laughs> we call it body boarding. Um, okay. And so we go down and the waves are pretty small, actually. Um, maybe two to three foot, which is, you know, chest high. Yeah. And uh, Mike and I put our, our body boards strapped onto our wrists and head out. And within two minutes, I see Mike stumbling out of the water. <laughs> and I kind of, you know, he's not looking like he's in good shape at this point. And I, I he's run muttering over. to himself, staring at his feet, kicking sand. Is that, is that what he was doing? Yeah, exactly what he was doing. Okay. <laughs> And uh, I said, hey, what's going on? And he goes, I think I just concussed myself. Oh. He had taken a wave over the falls and landed directly in the sand. It was shore break, which which means waves that are right on the shoreline instead of further out in the ocean. Yeah, basically the waves break uh, and land in the sand instead of uh, landing in the water where it's nice and cushiony. Exactly. And he was dazed and sat down on the sand and I, I looked at his shoulder and it was bleeding a little bit and looked like it was kind of mangled up. And uh, <laughs> then the lifeguard came down and he had apparently had <laughs> watch this. Yeah. And he was like, are you okay? Do you know where you are? And Mike was like, oh, yeah, I think so. And uh, that was kind of an adventure. I, my, we're pretty sure Mike may have concussed himself. <laughs> did you notice an improvement in his behavior after that <laughs> all of a sudden he was just great at bankroll management <laughs> yeah he, he had become an immediate optimist yeah exactly <laughs> but uh yeah no it's been kind of fun hanging out with mike and then uh we've got a little weight loss battle going on right now so nice what uh what are the stakes what uh, uh it's a thousand dollars uh riding on this one Good, good. That's a fair, fair number. Yeah, we're both motivated. We both have a completely different approach to to the weight loss. Mike is doing a, a very little meat, and mm-hmm. 
and he's doing like a, a plant-based diet, I think. Mm-hmm. And mine is the exact opposite. I'm, I'm doing the keto diet method. Ah, okay. Which involves a lot of meat and fish and chicken and nuts, but no carbs and no sugar. Okay, okay. And when you say carbs, you mean no, no veggies or no fruit or what do you mean? Uh, definitely no fruit and only certain vegetables. I can't have Brussels sprouts. Okay. Uh, and there's some other veggies that have that are high in carbs, but I can have stuff like broccoli and uh, cruciferous vegetables and kale and stuff like that. Spinach stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, spinach is great because it's a it's a good source of protein, and the keto diet is revolves around fat and protein. Okay. Okay. So, Interesting. Right on. I'm down 14 pounds, and last I heard from Mike, he's down 10. So we're we're both doing it, and we're both feeling good about ourselves so what what was uh are you taking your starting weight and it's a percentage of what you lose or is it just straight pounds um that's what i would have suggested to mike because i'm a little bit heavier than he is but yeah. uh, we just kind of agreed on a, a number for each of us it's not the same amount of weight it's not the same percentage but it's what we feel we we could lose without starving ourselves basically okay okay um and we have until November 6th to complete the deal. And the weight has to be lost and at our target number on November 6th. So if you lose the weight and then you gain it back on the way to November 6th, you, you're screwed. You, you lost. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Right so on. that's kind of fun. Um, good for you, then, dude. And then, of course, Mike stacked me the other day at Oceans. Um, I had. Coffee. That can't be a good feeling to get stacked by Mike. No, terrible feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, you know, I like Mike, but no, I had Ace King mm-hmm. and uh, three bet the pot, and I think Mike called with Ace Four of Spades. Okay, and it came out King, Rag, Rag, but two Spades, and we got it in on the flop. And he goes, "If you stack me, I'll still be your friend." <laughs> and of course, he sucks out and gets a spade on the river. So. Oh. <laughs> 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 but that was kind of fun i think the the table had a little laugh because they know we're chums you know at the table yeah 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 <laughs> speaking of our local card room uh the two five and five five ten games there have gotten terrible steve that there are at any given time during the day six passports at our table Ooh, that's not good uh, yeah it's terrible and they're amazing players i mean i'm Obviously, I'm jealous of how good they are, but to have all of these, you know, we have a, a couple guys that are from Ireland right now coming in. They come in a couple months out of the year, and I think last year they pulled thirty or forty thousand dollars out of the casino and two. Oh, I'm just gone and gone. Yeah, no, never uh, see that money again. Yeah, exactly. So Mike and I are, you know, we're chatting about that and trying to figure out how to navigate the the waters of of international players. You know, or always seem to be leaps and bounds ahead of the American players. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, do do you have a? uh, You got a couple of hands from uh, from cash games. Yeah, I sure do. Um, Okay, let's. uh, We'll take a a quick break here from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. I'd like to take a second here and thank our sponsors, Elliot Rowe. Yes, that soft-spoken English linguist, your favorite poker hypnosis coach, and mine. Listen to one of his MP3s before you play for the exact type of game you're about to play. You'll get in the right mindset. You'll be able to focus on poker, on the game, whether it's a sit-and-go, whether it's a 
tournament online cash live however whatever your game is he's got an mp3 for all of them check him out uh use the code hu poker score yourself a discount just click on the link in the show notes and get your free seven minute tilt buster also like to thank alexander fitzgerald he is sponsoring us with his class master tournament poker in one class it's a bold statement, but it's actually true. If you go through his program and you do exactly what he says, you memorize the charts, you memorize everything that's in there, uh, which isn't uh, too difficult, especially the way he explains it. Um, memorize those charts, know for what big blind stacks you're going to be shoving and reshoving, and uh, take his advice. It'll propel you to the top 5%, which is uh, one out of 20 guys makes money at this game, and you'll be one of them. Master Tournament Poker in one class. Use the code HUPOKER and you will score yourself a discount, just like Elliot Rowe. With Alex's program, you'll get 75% off. Master Tournament Poker in one class. Now, without further ado, let's get into some strat. Okay, uh, welcome back. And uh, what uh, what hands do you got? Is this at a 2-3 or 2-5? or? This is at a 2-5 game. Okay. Uh, and to set the scene, I, uh, commented in my notes that the villain in this hand is a competent and capable bluffer. Oh, interesting. All right. Okay. Uh, we are in the cutoff with pocket nines mm -hmm. and the stacks are 745 effective. I have 1285, but, uh, I cover the villain here. Okay. Okay. So small blind, big blind, and two five under the gun folds under the gun plus one raises to 20. Okay. It, it folds around to the hijack who is the villain in this hand. He okay. Calls 20. And he calls 20. Okay. Calls 20 and we're next in the cutoff with uh, pocket nines, nine of spades, nine of diamonds. Nine of spades, nine of diamonds. Okay. Small blind, big blind, UTG one opens to 20 hijack calls 20. Uh, we're in the cutoff with uh, pocket nines. What, uh, what what do you have on UTG one? Do you remember who he was or anything about him? Uh, nope. This is just a you know random random guy. I haven't played with him before. Okay. Do you remember his stack? Uh, yep. He's short stack. He has three hundred and forty five. Three forty five. Okay. And the hijack. What did you say? He had seven something. Seven forty five. Seven forty five. Okay. And what to do here with pocket nines? Um, so I'm I'm wondering first off, should we be raising because we don't really want to set mine with nines here because there's not enough our villains don't really have large enough stacks to, for us to consider the set mining. I see. I was thinking about that right here. With um, I feel like if we three bet, I I really don't like three betting um, guys in early position. You know when they open. It, uh, I'm much more comfortable three betting like a hijack or a cutoff, uh, maybe even a low jack, but UTG one. Um, I just feel like when we three bet there, um, his range is going to be pretty strong when he comes over the top. I don't think we're, I think we got to let it go. Um, and on top of that, he's got a, a shorter stack. So, I mean, most of the time I'm going to be three betting with nines, but I don't think that this is a, uh, a spot that I would do it in. I think I'd rather uh, call here and and then um, see a uh, flop. 
Right. And I am looking at the, I like to follow upswing for, uh, for hand charts. Yeah. And the upswing chart here uh, versus an RFI from under the gun one and us in the cutoff position does say to just flat nines here. It does. Okay. All right. It does the flat jacks even. And wow. Uh, the only raising hands here look like Queens plus ace king off ace queen suited ace 10 suited and ace four and ace five suited are potential raise or fold. Wow. Okay. They throw the, you said ace five suited. Yeah. Ace four, ace five is raise or fold, but don't call. Yeah. Okay. And okay. the other ones are uh, ace, ace king off and ace queen suited and ace 10 suited. Interesting. Apparently, ace jack suited is just a call. I'm not quite sure why that is, but uh, there's some odd ones that go in like that when you start working with poker snowy and stuff. And and I think it's just a, um, um, it's like a randomizer in there, like with the ace four and the ace five. You got the ace blocker. Make sure that they're suited so you have some potential if you get called, and the wheel. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> That being said, I raised okay <laughs> All right. to 70. Do you think that that's a, a fair amount to raise to, or should it have been higher? Mm. I, I think I'd go a little bigger. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what let's, like? let's say UTG also had like, uh, I mean, if all the guys had our stack, if they all had 12 or 1300, I'd like a raise to like, I don't know, 115 or something like that, maybe. Oh, okay. You know, just make it big. Because here, I think a great result would be to take down the pot with pocket nines in the cutoff. You know what I mean? You get four, eight, nine and a half big blinds right now from nines. That's an amazing result yeah, <laughs> with uh, pocket nines in that position. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, that's a good So point. I think, Plus, yeah, 70 is kind of a pot sweetener, you know? Okay. Yeah. Plus if we see a flop with pocket nines, it'd probably get an overcard and it's not going to be great for us. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to, I mean, you just want to win it, you know, even, even with ace king there, it'd be great to take it down when nine and a half big blinds with ace king in that spot. I think, uh, you know, most of the time you're probably averaging five. Um, but so uh, my thinking with 70 was um, if I get four bet here, it's only costing me 70 to fold instead of, hundred and something or, you know, or more, is that the right way of thinking or not really? I would, uh, I mean, I, I kind of like the way you think, but, um, I just, yeah, you lose less, but I think you're much more likely to get four bet when you go so small, you know, when you make it a big three bet, then they kind of have to just, they got to make a bigger decision. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. But, uh, uh and you are right. It was like a pot sweetener because under the gun one and hijack both called. Okay. So the blinds folded under the gun one called 70 and the hijack called 70. So in the pot, we have two twenty-two, uh, two seventeen, but 217. then we also subtract the rake, which is going to be $7 in this hand. So let's just call it two ten. Two ten. Okay. Uh, and Flop is nine eight seven with the eight seven of hearts, nine of clubs. Okay, and we do not have a, a heart. Correct. Okay, we got nine of spades, nine of diamonds. Flop is nine of clubs, eight of hearts, seven of hearts. Interesting flop. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking uh, 
I'm not really too worried about under the gun one here unless he, well, I wouldn't be worried if he also had a set because I would be ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really see him calling 70 with five, six or, you know, 10 Jack. Um, okay. I'm not quite sure about hijack when he over calls after, after under the gun one calls. Yeah. Um, Anyway, on the flop, under the gun, one checks and hijack bets 110. 110. 210. Okay. And he's got, uh, let's see. So he started with 745. So he's got uh, 500 behind, a little less than 500, like four something. 745 minus 180. Yeah. So 565. Yeah, 565. Okay. And it comes to us. Uh, what do you like to do here? Hmm. Okay. Well, we're never folding, so that's right. out. Um, to call or to raise? All right. Or well, do, do we try to range him here? Um, yeah, that's what I'm running through the marble right now. The fact that UTG1 checked, I think, is uh, um, good. Um, yeah, maybe it would have been better if he bet out actually, then he might get paid off with Queens or something, but I think it's tough to get paid off on that. Um, okay. So hijack, he's got, he's got Jack 10 probably is the hijack there. Could you ever see him calling with Jack 10 offsuit to a $20 raise from the, uh, under the gun. Then he calls 20 with Jack 10 offsuit. You make it 70 comes back around to him. And then he calls another 50. I think it'd be a mistake to fold 50 uh, there yeah, when it got I back to him. So hijack seemed, he's not a professional, but uh, he's a, he's a very competent player and he's a bluffer, but I don't think he's going to bluff with Jack 10 there. Okay. So he, he's, he's playing Jack 10 suited, but not Jack 10 offsuit. Right. Exactly. Okay. So he's got four combos of that. Um, then, uh, what about hands like uh, 9, 10, 8, 9, 8, 7 suited, all of those? Uh, I think those are hands that he could play. Yeah, I've seen him play a lot of suited one gappers and two gappers as calls before. Okay. Um, so those are definitely in his range. Okay. Uh, uh, he could play, he could have called with 8, 7 suited or 9, 8 suited here also, uh, I believe. Eight seven or would you say or, or nine eight or maybe I I think nine seven he might raise I'm not sure uh, pre flop you know maybe okay. not not sure on that one but uh, nine eight and eight seven are definitely in his range there in my opinion okay all right so we got one suited combo of uh, nine eight two suiteds of uh, eight seven or I'm sorry four suiteds of eight seven four of jack ten suited what about the five six would it, do you I, think he's calling there twenty dollars uh no i think he would raise that or fold he would he would three bet the five six suited or fold yeah okay yeah i'm pretty sure okay and then um i can't picture well you know him i don't um like pocket tens and above for the hijack he's probably three betting that to the opener under the gun yep Okay, so yeah, we can almost remove tens plus out of this guy's range. Yeah, I think tens plus. What about aces? Would he would he just call here with aces or? 
I think some guys might, uh, maybe 10 or 15% of the time or something, but I think the majority of the time they're probably three betting, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, and under the gun, a guy who's supposed to have the strongest range in the hand opens UTG1, like, and you got aces, like, aren't you just hoping in that spot he's got, like, jacks, queens or kings or ace king or something to pay off, you know? Right, yeah, no, I think he would be raising aces. That's a good point. Okay. Um, All right, so basically... He has that, and then he's got all hearts, right? So he's got, um, wow, what are, what are all the hearts that he could have? I guess. Ace, queen through ace, ten of hearts? Yeah, probably. Eh, he might be three betting with ace, queen suited, but maybe in that spot he's not, huh? Yeah, I remember listening to a, a podcast a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I don't know if it was Veronica or, or who it was, but she was saying she likes to, she likes to raise preflop with, offsuit ace queen but she likes to call with suited ace queen to to not be blown off of her equity or something like that yeah yeah uh that might have been monica oh, it was, yeah it was monica right monica yeah from um monica zirkowitz uh, from um poland yeah yeah <laughs> i'm trying to get her back on the show actually it, uh, i've been messaging her back and forth that was a great show by the way <laughs> oh thank you thank you yeah i'll have to uh, have her back on but, um okay so one's like a6 five four three and deuce okay so that's one two three four five six seven eight nine nine combos there for yeah total king one. queen definitely i would think um, oh yeah good point king um, queen of hearts maybe queen jack i don't know yeah probably queen jack that would make sense uh 10 12 i got 20 combos so far yeah here. okay all right um so what do we do do we uh call or do we uh do we raise i think i like um well there's only oh we didn't even talk about the pocket eights and pocket sevens i guess those are those are combos as well right yeah but there's only uh two combos of each of those right okay uh eight eight uh three three yeah three seven three okay uh and those you're beating. So the only thing you're losing here too is the oddball five six, or jack ten. And that's it. And that's it. I would. Uh, I think a lot of these others are going to call a um, a raise or maybe just repop it against you. Maybe doing something like just min raise it here to two twenty or something. Okay. Yeah, I like that idea. In retrospect, I made it three thirty, which I think was maybe a little bit too big. Okay. Uh, because one, if he jams here, we're committed. Well, you kind of want that. We're happy about that, but um, I don't, you know, maybe he doesn't, maybe he just folds here and we get, we fold out a lot of his bluffs. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, if he jams here, we're stoked. I, I mean, you could jam too. Um, it might be the kind of thing where your hand looks like the uh, draw and you just want to um, get him out. But yeah, there's only a few combos here that beat you and everything else you're, you have crushed or um yeah you just have crushed or he, he's on a draw right if he does jam here can we assume that he only has a straight because he, he would only be you know raising for he would raise for just a three you know like 300 more basically 500 more or 300 more yeah i don't think i could ever fold it yeah, i mean no wouldn't, wouldn't wouldn't he jam like a set of eights or jam a set of sevens 
um, or jam yeah. two pair seven eight. Yeah, definitely. Um, the heart draws. Uh, those probably become less likely, but you still might have a queen jack in there. Um, yeah, he might think that he's got, well, he's got the heart dry and then he's got the gut shot. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe clicking it or just shoving. Um, I like the click back idea a lot. Okay. Um, I made it 330 and under the gun one folded mm -hmm. and hijack called. Okay. Uh, and the turn, and now there's 870 in the pot and he has 345 behind. Okay. Uh, and the turn is a jack of spades. Jack of spades. So all tens have made the straight. And uh, we don't think he has jacks here because we said probably doesn't have tens through aces, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's a terrible fucking card. Yeah, not great. I guess the only worst one would have been jack of hearts, huh? That would have been... <laughs> that may have been an easier fold, even though <laughs> 345 more to call. <laughs> uh, so we get the jack of spades, and what does he do? He, he goes shoves? all in for 345. Sweet. And the 870. Yeah. All right. 345 plus 870 equals 1215. And you got to call 45. Yeah, 345 to win uh, 1570, something like that. 1560. 1560, yeah. Okay. 345. Oops. 45 divided by 1560. We got to be good here 22% of the time. <laughs> yeah, 100%, 22%. <laughs> uh, so I called and he flips over uh, King Queen of Hearts. Oh, and nice! River bricks out and we win the pot. Oh, well done, sir. Well done. Yeah, yeah. I was I was pretty happy with that result. Um, you know, I just there's no way we can fold for 345. I think that by making it 330 on the flop, I committed myself to the hand. I think so. Yeah, so there's just no folding regardless of the turn. Even if it was a 10 of hearts, I probably am not folding. Yeah. 22% um, of the time, uh, you're going you're gonna to have 10 outs on the river. Uh, maybe, that's maybe 10 of hearts I'm folding. I'm sorry. Maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's That would be tough. What do you think if a 10 of hearts turns off on the turn? And we bet the same amount, the 330. Uh, yeah. what, are you good 22% uh, of the time when um, <laughs> when the 10 of hearts hits? Uh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's got to be close, but I think you're right. It's have, it's right fucking there. Yeah, I'll have to check that one in the uh, equity calculator a little bit later. Yeah, it, uh, I'm, I'm going to say it's within a few percent either way. I'm going to say it would be a old, but I could be wrong. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I'm going quick math here. The uh, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> it's uh, two percent, ten outs. I don't know to spike your uh, boat or your um, uh, quad. Right. <laughs> we'll see. I'm going to say it's like twenty percent of the time, and then, but you got to be good twenty-two. 
Yeah, that's know. that's probably a close one. I, I think it's close. I think it's close. Um, I've got another one, but did you did you have one that you want to do or? I, I don't know. I played uh, one um, session of online poker in the last uh, since the last show, so I, I I got nothing to go on. No big deal. I've got a, another one queued up right here. Nice. Okay. This is a pocket aces hand. Ooh. And this is in two three. Okay. Uh, and I have some comments here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna use those after the flop. Okay. Okay. Uh, we are under the gun. It's a straddle, so it's two, three, six. Okay. Uh, got eleven hundred and sixty-five. Sixty-five. Okay. And villain in the hand is the big blind. He has four hundred and fifteen. Okay. And are you UTG? You're not the straddle, right? I am the straddle. You are the straddle. Okay. Okay. On my uh, recording system, that still considers me UTG, even though I'm... Okay, whatever, as long as we know you're in the straddle. Okay, yeah, I'm in the straddle. Uh, folds around to the hijack, who calls six. Okay. Folds to the big blind, who, who I've really been annihilating. This is where I've gotten all of my 700 chips that I've earned this session. Okay. From... Um, he is a bad reg. He's definitely not a professional. He's there all the time. He's a very loose caller. Okay. Uh, I guess he, you know, he's, he bluffs more than value bets. Okay. Okay. Big blind. Um, he makes it 20, which I thought immediately was kind of strange unless he has like a monstrous hand because uh, he, normally he would probably just flat in this position. Okay. Okay. Okay, so he makes it 20 and comes to comes back to us in straddle with ace of spades, ace of diamonds. Okay, then we're in gee, ace of spades, ace of diamonds. So tell us again what your read on him was to, to make it 20 there when the straddle's six and he's got the hijack collar, small blind folds, and it's on him, he makes it 20. And then yeah. he's got you in the straddle. Like you think he's got a bigger hand? Um, I do because after playing a few hours with this guy, he had been limping a lot of pots um, or in the big blind, he was calling a lot uh, and then making his moves post flop. Okay. Um, and this time he, oh, and this is immediately after a hand where I stacked him. So he bought it, he bought in and the next hand he won $15 and then we're here. So ah, okay. Okay. And what's what's his? We got eleven sixty five. What's his uh, stack? Four hundred. Four fifteen. So he bought okay. in a fresh new stack and then uh, won a fifteen dollar. Uh, yeah. Okay. And then the hijack. Uh, how much does he got? Do you remember? Uh, I don't. But it, it ends it's up being irrelevant. irrelevant because we're going to raise. All right. Uh, okay. So UTG he makes it twenty. Uh, I would say make it at least sixty. Here would be the minimum. I would go. Um, yep. That's what I bet. 60. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'd 60 to 80, something like that. Yeah, I like 80 also. Uh, you know. If you think that he's that he's strong, uh, that he's only doing that with a nutted hand, like let him have queens here and just get it done pre-flop or, you know what I mean? Especially after the way you described it, you just stacked him and, you know, now he's looking down at a big hand. He's like, F it, I got him. Right. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah and i think if he has like uh maybe even jacks jacks queens kings ace queen ace, ace queen king. Off, he's gonna jam or you know raise here at least okay um but he just calls okay so the hijack folds right hijacked folds so it's just two players now okay and there's 121 in the pot after the rake is removed okay 121 and uh flop comes out king jack nine with the king and nine of clubs and the jack of hearts okay king of clubs jack of hearts nine of clubs yep. and it is on it's on the big, big line and this is where I put a comment in my section. And I, I, I chose this hand because I know that you are a guy who likes to read players, not, mm -hmm. not just range them, but you, you look at body language and facial expressions. I've noticed you, you talk about that a lot in your podcast. Yeah. And if they have the shirt with any words on it, I read that as well. <laughs> okay. <Very cool. laughs> kidding. Bad joke. Um, All right, go on. <laughs> uh, he says... He mumbles this like where he knows that I can hear it, but yeah. he's like pretending that I can't hear it, or he's like making it seem like I can't hear it, but he's making it loud enough that I can. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and he goes, You always beat me. He just like mumbles it under his breath. Yeah, and, but loud enough to where you can hear it. Yeah. And oh, that sucks. Checks. And then he checks. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right uh that's such bullshit like i i mean like i'm i should be very certain that he has a ridiculously good hand at this point because like why i don't think a bad reg is going to level me and do that and actually not have a good hand here you know right yeah <laughs> but yeah. i wanted to see what your thought was on that i, I don't like it yeah. <laughs> is it is it enough to make me not bet um probably not. i think it i think it would be enough to make me bet fold if he shoves, like if, if you just bet uh, into, you know, 120 here and you're just throwing out, you're, you're trying to go for value town here with the ace queen, uh, queen jack, king queen, ace king, all of those. I mean, like there's only a few hands here that beat you. Um, you got kings, jacks, nines, which all makes sense, I think. Uh, maybe kings doesn't. Maybe not even jacks. Like you said, he might rip those. But king jack, is he calling here with king nine or jack nine uh, I, mean, I mean is he raising and then calling your raise yeah, uh, i would think he would call with jack nine and king nine not okay raise. okay I would think he would call the six you know what i mean yeah yeah or, or just check i mean or call yeah yeah i'd call three more dollars to yeah uh, exactly okay what about things like king jack would that make sense for him to uh um to make him 20 out of the big blind do you think I really don't think so. I mean, and the reason I don't think so, I guess, is because I would never do that. Okay. Um, but I, I just don't know this player well enough to know if he would raise King Nine there. I don't understand why he would. Or, I mean, King Jack, not King Nine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would think he would just call there. Okay. He might call the six, and then if I made it 20, he might call again. I mean, he's that kind of player. Okay. So really, the only hand we're afraid of here is like nines. Yeah, nines or kings. Maybe he's just trying to be tricky. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, nines. 
okay. Um, so he, he mumbles and then he checks. Uh, there's 121 in the pot. And because it's sort of a drawy board, uh, I bet 85. Okay. Which is uh, like a little over two thirds pot. Yeah. Yeah. What he says on the tell, that just, I mean, like you said, there's no way an amateur is. I don't think like trying to reverse, reverse tell you there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's what it's I'm just. He's trying to appear weak there by saying you always beat me, but right. saying it loud enough for you to hear. Like, the only thing that that says to me is that he's probably got a king plus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking too. I'm thinking this. There's no way this guy would give that speech and then not have a really good hand. Yeah. He's just not that smart of a guy to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, all right. I bet 85, do you like that or would you bet more or less? Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, you got to draw a heavy board. I mean, you're going to get action here from um, uh, Queen Jack, King Jack. I'm sorry, uh, King Queen, um, Queen Jack, uh, Jack 10, King 10, um, all clubs. Um. Yeah, I like it. Ten okay, eight. Yeah. In 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 retrospect, I th I thought it, it was a great bet. I liked the sizing on it. Um. So now there's two hundred and ninety one in the pot. Two ninety one in the pot going to the turn, and villain has how much behind here? Uh, let's see. Sixty eighty five. Okay. One forty five. He's got like 270. Okay, 270. All right, so about a pot size bet left. Yep. Okay, turn. Turn is... It's going to be the 10 of clubs, right? Or queen of clubs? <laughs> no, it's not the 10. <laughs> that would have been a nasty one, huh? Uh, Jack of spades, just about as bad. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, uh, I don't okay. like it anyway. I, yeah, what do you think? Uh, no, I don't like it either. Um, I think it hits a lot of his range. Uh, what, what's he do though? Does he check or does he bet? He checks. Oh, all right. And uh, I thought, you know, if he's checking there, maybe he's worried that I have a Jack or I don't know what Jacks I would have here. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think I would have any King Jack, um, Ace Jack suited, uh, you know. I don't know. I don't really think I have that many jacks here. Um, would you three bet from the the from your position when he raised out of the big blind with ace jack suited, or would you do it with like jack ten or anything like that? Do you have any of those in your range? I mean, no, you three I, bet jacks, so you have quads here, but right, um, jack ten definitely not. I would probably just call in position there, and uh, uh, I like the way that jack ten flops. You know, so okay. Probably not raising there. Um, what was the other one? Queen Jack? No, Queen ace Jack, Jack 10, Ace Jack. Yeah, I think I'm just calling all of those, honestly. Okay. Uh, not sure if that's the right decision, but that's probably what I would do. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I guess you really don't have many Jacks there except quads. Um, yeah. So then now I'm thinking, well, maybe he's checking to induce a bet. He could be. He's he's still got all the clubs in his range, I think. You know. Right. 
Yeah. Um, he's still got Kings. So he's got, um, if he just calls there with ace King, you know, he's probably reshoving those uh, pre-flop, but he's probably calling with a lot of King Queens pre-flop, uh, maybe King tens, uh, suited. Yeah. was kind of what was crossing my mind. Yeah. So we still do get value from, um, from Kings, uh, a weirdly played, uh, ace King, um, King Queens. Is he three betting there? You think with, uh, or I'm sorry, is he raising pre-flop with like King Queen offsuit? Yeah, definitely. Okay. That would be a hand that he would raise. I think there, he probably overvalues King Queen. Okay. All right. So he's got 12, 12 combos of that. Yeah. I'd throw out a value bet. Um, you said he's got 270 left. Yep. Um, I see, I, I'd be afraid here of like all those King Queens. Um, or maybe if there's King tens in there, like King Ten stews, we've got, uh, uh, three of those. If, if we don't put it in a bet here and a club, uh, hits the river, you're probably not going to get any more from them. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd throw out a little uh, value bet for those. Okay. Um, if, if you get raised, uh, it fucking sucks, but I think you got to fold. Yeah. If you get raised, you're folding. So I was thinking pot control here and I checked back and that was mainly because I felt like he could have some jacks that I don't have. And I, I just wasn't really interested in betting and then getting shoved on. Okay. Okay. Um, it, um, well, let me ask you this is those uh, queen jacks and Jack tens uh, that, that he has, do you think he's betting those here on the turn? Well, that's the that's the fishy part about this is like he's just lost these pots to me and maybe he's trying to trap me here. But again, I don't think he's like that intelligent of a player to do that. Okay. Uh, so I would think he would be betting a jack here. He He would or would not? Would. I think that he would just bet it in hopes that he gets a call from, you know, two pair or aces or whatever. Okay. So if he's betting most of his jacks here on the turn, um, then what do you think he's checking? Uh, Maybe he's checking his, his draws. Okay. Like, uh, like his club draws all, all of his clubs. Okay. So if he's, if he's betting his jacks and he's checking his clubs and he checks here, are we ahead or behind most of the time? Mm. I don't know the answer to that. Well, we're, we're ahead of all draws, right? Yeah. And um, we're behind all jacks. So if he, if he bets cool. jacks and, and checks everything else, I, I think so he could get called. Ahead by... Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying if he bets there, do you raise? Uh, I wouldn't raise. You just call. Okay. Fuck, that sucks. I'm glad he didn't bet, but <laughs> if he did, um, I guess I'm probably calling. Is he maybe betting? Uh, I, I mean, if it's like you say, and and you think he's betting Jackson and checking his draws, then it'd be a mistake to uh, um, to call there. But do you think it's possible that he could be bet like a king queen or like a king ten? If you think so, then I think you should call. Um, yeah. I, again, he definitely overvalues pairs, and like he 
he would I think he would raise king queen there pre flop. So yeah, he would probably bet king queen. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, man. It uh, this could go either way. I I can see why you check here, um, but I just think there's too many hands that have clubs in them, and like a naked king that we could get another eighty bucks from. Okay. You know, and then and then when the three clubs comes on the river and he checks, like, um, I don't know. I'd 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 throw out something like eighty or a hundred, just trying to squeak something out of a king. Yeah, I like that but idea. That, that could be a mistake. Okay. Um, well, I check. Okay. And the river is not a club. Five of spades. Okay. Blank, I think. That sounds like a blank to me. Okay, so we've got pocket aces. Um, and the board is king of clubs, jack of hearts, nine of clubs. Turn was the jack of spades. And the river is the five of spades. Correct. Uh, we got 291 in the pot. Uh, villain has 270 behind, and uh, we've, we've got him covered. Uh, so what uh, what does the villain do here? Well, this was kind of weird, too. Like, I would imagine the villain to either check or just go all in here. Mm. And he bet 160, leaving himself 110 behind. All right. And I, I don't quite understand why somebody would do that, like, if you're going to bet 160, why wouldn't you just go all in? Because if somebody goes all in over you, you're going to call, even if you have, like, nothing, basically. Yeah. Okay. So he makes the pot 451. And then we got a – if we call, it's 611. 611. We got to be good here a quarter of the time, 26%. Right. So we can't fold here, right? Hmm. I mean, we say he's got a lot of missed uh, club draws and only a couple of jacks. Yeah. And only, <laughs> yeah, a couple of jacks. You know, we don't think he has king jack or jack nine because pretty sure he would just check those. Uh, I mean, he would just uh, call there preflop instead of raise, you know? I mean, your hand does look kind of uh, under-repped here. Because you, you, he checked the... Uh, the flop, you see bet, he called, then it goes check, check on the turn, and now he's first to act. Um, yeah, there could be a lot of uh, missed club draws there. Maybe he's like, oh, good, my king-queen is good here. I can get value from, uh, I don't know, a nine. Are you really three-betting many nines there? Maybe queens? What's he trying to get value from? Maybe he's not even thinking that far. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, I don't know. I I think it'd be tough to not be good here a quarter of the time with aces. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. I ran this one actually, and I looking at the range of hands that I put them on, I was I was definitely better. I had the odds in my favor. I'm, I'm okay. Just... Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'd throw, uh, I'd flip in a call. Yeah, flipped. And in expect a call. to lose most of the time. Flipped in a call, and before I even flipped my cards over. Mm -hmm. Uh, actually, I didn't flick in a call. I put the exact amount, 160 in. Yeah. And before I even flipped my cards over, he took the 160 and put it in his stack. <laughs> so he has he, quads? <laughs> uh, no, he had King Jack. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it was just kind of funny. Like, he didn't ask what I had. He just took the chips. Like, <laughs> That'd be so great if you just flip over kings there or something. You only call on the river with kings. <laughs> uh, if, 
if I had Kings there, I would have I would have slow rolled that dude so hard. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> oh that's great. But, uh, <laughs> just yeah, nonchalantly just, takes the money, pulls it back. That was hilarious. I thought I laughed. I I mean I thought it was really funny. <laughs> I've never had anyone do that to me before, no. No, me either. <laughs> he was just pissed, mad at the world. He was like, you. I'm getting my fucking money back from you. Yeah. <laughs> oh that's great <laughs> oh yeah, that's funny. I like that hand because uh there's there's a little bit of speech play in there and you know it doesn't always happen in two three people are pretty quiet typically and just keep to themselves yeah least, you know yeah yeah was it king jack suited do you remember or? uh nope king of hearts jack of diamonds huh okay so three bit there all right yeah he didn't have any flush draw or anything like that well, maybe to a wreck after folding forever king jack offsuit in that spot looks i guess would i three bet that i might but i'd probably make it bigger could be but he hadn't been folding forever he had been playing forever <laughs> eh, okay all right just limpy very limpy call us calling station type yeah exactly okay well, cool good deal well thank you for coming on the show jason yeah thanks for having me again uh sorry mike couldn't be here and uh but i had a really good time yeah yeah well uh we'll hook up with him uh next week on the next episode and uh catch up but um yeah thank you for uh thank you for coming on and uh thank you for tuning in here is your weekly motivational speech determine where a man or a woman is made determine the places where you bury loved ones and you gotta keep going on without it. The journey. The moment when you get that phone call, when you've been going to interviews for months and months and months, and they give you that call back and they say, I'm sorry, we just didn't have what we were looking for. There's somebody out there right now is somebody out there talking about quitting right now and I want you to look me in my eye and listen to me. You are special. No matter if you have a degree, no matter if you work at McDonald's, you are special. Your gifts, your special gifts, you were born with it. That's where you will find the greatness. Journey. I need you to understand this. It's you versus you. Your dream versus the world. Don't let them stop it. Let them see it. Let them see it shine. Some gonna fail test, some gonna lose family members. But what not? Keep chasing the dream. That hurts you. The dream that bites and eats at your soul. Because this is the only thing you want to do. But just like when Coach used to say, keep running. I can hear him now. He said, keep running, Will. Keep running. I know you're tired. Keep running. You want that degree? Keep running. You want that high school diploma? Keep running. You want to say your